Now I want you to get yourself ready. I want you to get yourself ready. Because I've asked Nick to help me for a second. But Nick, I hear something in the spirit. What you just heard him play was what we call an augmented chord. It means something's about to happen. I, play, play it again for me. I hear it over this house. I even brought my caution tape tonight. Gonna be some dead bodies. Yep, we're going redneck for a second. I still hear it. Play it for me. In fact, in fact put it, put it just a, just a, just one tap, just a tap, just tap. Don't, 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 don't get crazy. Just a tap. Just tap with it. Ready? Do the. Go. No, no, you, you went crazy. I, I literally said, don't go crazy. But throughout this message, we're going to do that. Because I hear something over this house and it's the beginning of something new. And the word I'm about to share is not something that's been recycled a hundred times. Literally, God gave me this message last week. So if it goes long, you can say, look at God. If it goes short, you'll go, won't he do it? Amen. <laughs> that's full on country right there. Won't he do it? I, I, I want you to grab your Bibles because I've got a long scripture. But go, go ahead. Just stop it each time. We're going to come back to it. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to it. But... but I hear this sound, and, and just keep, remain standing. Open your Bibles to Luke, the 17th chapter. Thank you for stopping at the table for picking up Restore the Roar or Dehydrated or Rebuilding the Altar or um, any of the, the books, Unqualified. It's back there. In fact, our team told me tonight there's, there's not very many left. Thank you for doing that because everything, every single dime goes to Abby's house, the orphanage we're building in Moldova right now, named after our daughter. But I want you to look at Luke the 17th chapter. I'm going to read a long scripture. So you may be standing for a moment. Are you ready for this? And in fact, by the way, I'm preaching a message for a few moments simply titled, Don't Ask Me For That. Because by the time we get out of this service tonight, God is going to say, quit taking stuff home I've asked you to give up. By the time we walk out of here, by the time we get to this altar experience, in the next few moments, you have to walk out different. I have to walk out different. Because God's saying, I'm looking for some people that will rise up and stand firm in a dark age that will be his roar. Give God a praise. Amen. Now, I'm just prepping you for the scripture because I want you to understand that tonight's going to be different. Are you ready for the opening scripture? Here it is. Luke 17, looking at verse 32. The Bible simply says... Remember Lot's wife. Exclamation point. You may be seated. Y'all got excited about time to go eat, didn't it? Now, this blows my mind because, see, a lot of people, I'm, I'm hearing from the hipster theologians these days that we really don't need the Old Testament. But Jesus is referring to somebody. She sticks her face in Scripture, and, and it bothers me because she's not special. She's not somebody important. But simply, she sits on your table. But if you have to go all the way back to Genesis 19 to understand her, I'll come back to that in a moment. But I'm preaching a message called don't ask me for that. So here's this woman. Jesus stops. He gives an exclamation point in the scripture because he probably shouted it. He might have even been ticked at the disciples for something. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 18, forget the former things. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 2, wake up, strengthen all that remains before it dies, for I haven't found your works to be perfect in the sight of my God. You haven't died yet because if you're going to heaven, you get five different crowns, and either you have not made it to heaven yet because your head is too big or it's too small. But I've come to tell you the devil didn't get everything. I've come to tell you that God says, I'm going to strengthen what's left over. I've come to tell you to hold on. But he says something here that is so different, so, so out of the, just out of nowhere. Remember Lot's wife. We don't even have to really understand that. In fact, we're just going to name her Lottie. 
Hey, Lottie, Lottie, Lottie. I knew I had some rednecks in here. There we go. I'll get back to her in just a second. See, I want to set the scene for you because I feel a little bit like Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1, verse 48. As we're moving into a new season in America where the Bible says that the baby leapt in her. And I felt that in my spirit for the last several weeks where God is saying, I'm about to do something and it's going to be different than anything we've ever seen before. I'm about to raise up the nobodies. It's the 16-year-old young man that walked up to me today and said, my pastor sent me to say hi to you because I'm going to be an evangelist. And I got so excited. I said, how old are you? And I, he said, 16. You see, God is about to raise up the nobodies. He's about to raise up the ones we didn't see coming. He's about to raise up the ones everybody says, no way. And he says, Yahweh. You're about to see this awake. And help me preach tonight. Come on. In fact, I love 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 through 28. I literally wrote about it in my book, Unqualified. And I'm going to use the message Bible version, but it says, Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called in this life. I don't see many of the brightest and best among you. Not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that culture overlooks, exploits, and abuses? He chose the nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. And it goes on to say, verse 29, So that nobody gets the glory but him. Because you have to understand, I'm stirred. And tonight, God asked me to bring a word to you simply titled, Don't ask me for that. Let me set the scene on this first night of awakening. And by the way, do not miss tomorrow night. I literally believe that Sammy Rodriguez is one of the most powerful voices in our nation. Don't miss. But so many times we come into a service and we're like, okay, God, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. But he says, wake up. But play that for me. Just, just one time. Just real quick. Just real quick. Because that's what I hear in the spirit. I, I'll explain that in a moment too. Because some of you are on the edge of your next and you keep looking back. You keep going back to the old. You keep getting pulled back into the things that have held you for so long. And I want to set the scene for you because we're living in a day and age where we cannot operate the way we did before the pandemic. We can't go back to that. Because understand something, the church has been so quiet, the woke culture, the woke culture has gotten louder. And the thing about this, and Jesus dealt with woke culture as well. But what you're finding out right now is because we've gone so quiet and we've run around. And, and you know what I, I've learned about the pandemic? It, it's exposed the secret gossipers. Oh, man, I've done gotten mad at somebody. Hadn't. Write your emails. I got a place for those. Got a place. Special, special, special folder. Just between me and Jesus. Forgetting what is behind me. But what you have to understand is that so often in the last year, we've not listened to Father God. We've listened to Dr. Fauci. And, and I get it. I understand science and I understand all the different things. And, and follow my heart on this. I understand it's very real. Yeah, I, I know that this disease is very real. But at the same time, it's time the church to pick back up and start their praise again. Because even in California, they said you can't worship out loud. Don't tell me I can't praise him. Don't tell me I can't lift my voice. I walk outside. I run down the street. Now, keeping in mind. Y'all live in Florida and I live in Texas. We're the rebels. But what you have to understand, I'm afraid that calamity is upon us as a nation. And God is saying, I prepared you for a year like Esther. What do you look like? And there's a stirring in my spirit because I hear the sound of the scratching of the door. And it's time for the cave dwellers to rise up. I told you this morning, the last two years on the Jewish calendar has been 5780. The number 80 means to praise, shout, roar. And now we're in 5781. Praise, shout, roar. Bear your teeth. And what you've got to realize is God says for the next eight to nine years, this is a season in America for the church to get loud again. And we're living in a time where your words will get perverted, your intentions will get perverted, you'll get canceled. And God is saying, trust me, let me be your compass. Because if we're too afraid to declare our convictions, culture will determine our value. And God is saying, enough is enough. Remember Lot's wife. I'm speaking a prophetic word over this house because you've seen nothing yet. 
God is about to move and you're going to see things that's going to begin to break out in this place. God's going to use this church. I'm, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit right now and I will never say something is from God unless it is because if you do and it's not, that's witchcraft. But I just spoke, heard him speak in my spirit. He's going to bring the races together. Let me go deeper because it's the Amos 3.8 scripture I've been declaring. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? What are you talking about, Pat? Let's, before I go deeper into don't ask me for that, let's just take a moment to establish your kingdom identity. Who you are in Christ, what do you mean? I have learned that my walk with God has always been a whisper. I'm writing about this in a new book. Literally every decision I make with our ministry, with our family, every Christmas Eve, I write a prophetic word for everyone in our family, our kids, they all come together. It's what we do at Christmas Eve. And I hand out a prophetic word after spending a day in prayer for each one of my family. And then that very thing I write out, it, there's a book we, I wrote with a bunch of other authors called The Glory Has Come. It's a Christmas book. And I wrote in that about that this last year, about the fact that every year I write a prophetic word over each one in my family. They, hi, they hang on to those little cards and and I'm telling you because I'm the father of the house and, and because they can trust my voice because I haven't fluffed it up or made it up over the years, everything happens. My son will call me and say, Dad, it's in the card. And I give it to him with fear and trepidation. I hand it to him and I say, this is from God. Prophetic statement. Come on, fathers, rise up and be the compass. But for me personally, my whole life, I've spent my whole life listening to the whisper. Matthew 10, 27. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Give me, give me a note real quick. But see, you have to understand your identity as a believer will never be found in the circle of the saved. Uh-oh. But in the presence of the Father. We come together, we lock arms, we become an army, we don't forsake the assembling, we come back together, we do our praise together, we lock in, we koinonia, we're the, but we are called to be the ecclesia, that means we go out and do something about it. But what you have to understand is your true identity as a believer comes from time with the Father. Sitting with him, it's, John understood this, that's why he was called the beloved. I mean, that would take me off if I was Simon Peter. Hey Peter, hey beloved doing all the other disciples like what's up with that but it's because if you study the life of John he never wandered if you study John we know that the last supper in John chapter 13 he laid his head on the chest of Jesus why because with one ear I hear his heartbeat with the other ear I hear his whisper but John understood quorum Deo which means the fullness of Christianity Ezekiel understood this it means head heart feet john understood that he would end up going to that point because jesus in him would continue to grow that's why when you jump over to revelation it says i saw him and fell as a dead man because he had learned the whisper he had learned the moment what are you talking about what starts as a whisper though many times god will turn into a shout into a revelation but I've learned when God gets ready to use you, the greater the anointing, the greater the isolation. He hides you. He puts you. And nobody prophesies over quiet days. And you're never going to get anointed till you get forgotten. Just ask Moses, David, Jesus. You have to go away for a season. That's where you develop your kingdom identity. Some of us have never spent that time. It's the Matthew 6. I want you to go in to your prayer room. I want you to shut the door behind you. God's going to put a spirit of prayer in some of you tonight. I'm telling you. It's going to wake you up in the middle of the night. You're going to feel him walking through your house. And all of a sudden, something's going to begin to hit you. But I love it what it says in the Message Bible. Go to a secluded place and just be there as simply and honest as you can. Don't role play with God. And that's where he begins to shift you. He begins to change you. It's where your identity as a child of the king comes in. And it's where you begin to realize you're sitting in heavenly places with him. Listen to me. Some of you are still sitting at the wrong table. Ephesians 2 verse 6 speaks of this. That I'm seated beside him. You know what I've learned? As long as the issue... A paternity is at stake. You'll always end up in the wrong family. 
until you realize who you are. And it all starts with kingdom identity. It starts with that mindset. And what you have to realize is what that means the church, we don't listen to naysayers. We don't listen to whiners. We don't listen to people that don't have what we have in the sense of encounter with him because I can't let them talk to me about what they haven't experienced. Is it okay if I preach like this? You're a child of the king. It's Romans 8 verse 16. I'm building on something. I'm going somewhere. Play that for me because they're starting to get sleepy. Let me help them. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that I'm his child. I'm not an orphan. And by the way, if you're sitting at a table and you don't see Jesus as the head, get out of that table. Because it's that catching of the glimpse. When Jesus said, come to me, all who are heavy, weary and heavy laden, he just said, it didn't come to me. If you got a big ministry and I'll give you more platform, he said, I'll give you rest. He said, I'll walk with you. I'll be with you. But the problem in the body of Christ that is taking place is we've forgotten how to go in. We've forgotten where he brought me from. We've forgotten how good he is. So it's time to come out. I'm preaching to all the cave dwellers in this room. All the ones that have been sitting there hiding away. Come out. The battle for our nation has begun. Write that down. You have to understand. It's always most quiet before the devastation. And while we've been wandering and worrying about a virus and wearing our mask. I mean, I see people driving down the road by themselves with a mask on. I'm like. This is the air I breathe. (laughs) I'm like, you ain't tired of smelling that? I mean, I mean, it's me. I just got back from a a nine-hour trip to Brazil. I'm talking about that mask was like out the window on the way home. It had more than a virus on it. What you got to understand, humanity is crying out. I wrote this down last week for leaders who know the voice of God and not just the echoes of ministry textbooks taught by many who have never once scraped their knees on the floor called brokenness as vessels that to God's houses God's spirit we must be last in line of recognition first in line for fresh revelation and what you got to realize he sent me to ask you a question tonight he simply to ask you why you keep going back play 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 that play that play that After all, isolated Christians hiding from an infected culture will only hoard the antidote called hope. And you have to understand God is saying, I've been looking for you. This night isn't by chance. Some of you aren't even coming. Thank God it's not NFL season. Good move. And God says, I brought you here for a reason tonight because I brought my caution tape because you can't go back. We're going we're gonna to draw a line towards the end of this. And what you have to understand, the last year the church has been quiet while the world has gotten louder. And what you have to ask yourself is, did I change during the isolation? Have I changed? Was I like Esther preparing for this moment? One year preparing to bring forth the rescue of a nation with the king. And God want me to sent me to ask you and to simply say, why you keep going back? There's a wave coming. When I was writing this message, true story last week, I I was getting ready to go on a trip to Georgia and I'm getting ready and we just bought this old ranch that had sat empty for five years and we're rebuilding this ranch and everything has gone wrong that can go wrong. There's demons on that ranch. And I was getting ready and this is a true story and I'm not being weird. I began to hear water running and I'm like, are you serious? Because we just had everything freeze up. We had our one, you know, I moved there and a hundred year freeze hits. So we lost pipes. We had a lot of stuff. Happen. But I could hear water. And I went look on a true story. I went looking around the house and I said, Lord, what, what in the world? And I realized I was the only one that could hear it. And God says, the wave is coming. And the places that are ready will already have rivers. Karen and I wrote. I wrote in our book, my book, Unqualified, in chapter one. I tell the story because we both had the same prophetic dream. I was running 
across the nation. I was on like a giant map of America and I'm running from Florida all the way up towards DC and I'm running and there's a giant wave chasing me. And, 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 and what's crazy is I didn't know my wife had the same dream. We went on Daystar Television. I just started sharing it. Karen had had the same dream. She showed it to where she had wrote it in her journal. And then Marcus Lamb told me later, he, he runs Daystar. He told me later, our phones have blown up all day because people are having the same dream. But in the dream, I saw this giant wave coming and I was panicking. I'm screaming, people get safe, get safe. And I ended up on the portico of the White House. And I woke up. Can I tell you something? There's a wave coming. And soon we're going to hear the scratching at the door. What are you talking about, Pat? Oh, listen, 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 listen. Those that are ready, this will be the greatest move of God America's ever seen. We're 25 years overdue for a move of God. But you know what I've learned? It's always quiet before devastation. Now let's look back at this chapter. In Luke chapter 17, verse 26, it says this. It's so powerful. As it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. This is Jesus. This is red letter stuff. This is Thief in the Night movie. How many of you ever saw that growing up? How many of you ever thought you missed the rapture? We need to start like a Facebook page for us. <laughs> and it goes on to say this right here. In verse 28, it was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. And it goes on to say in verse 30. It will be just like this on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on his housetop with possessions, somebody say down in the house, with possessions inside the house should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife! Exclamation. Because what you have to understand, I have learned it. what starts as a whisper, God will allow to become a shout. He puts it inside of you. That's why it says, when I whisper it in the dark, you'll proclaim from the rooftops. And God began to stir me last week about this message. When I sat down to write it, he said, I want you to tell them we can't go back. I want you to tell them I want to use the ones that are ready. I want to use the ones that will turn off binge watching everything. I want to use the ones that actually get in their prayer life restarted. I want to use the ones that have been hiding in fear because of what has been spoken over our nation and spoken from the TV that gets paid to scare you and tell them rise up with a roar, rise up with a fire. Rise up with a passion. Rise up. Call your family back. Somebody help me preach. Give him a praise. And the Bible goes on to say, I tell you, on that night, two people will be in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One will be taken and the other left. Where, Lord, he asked. And he replied, where there's a dead body, there the vultures will gather. If you know anything about vultures and if you've ever studied the vultures in Revelation, it speaks of those that are buying into demonic lies. See, the greatest attack in the body of Christ is not what's happening out there. Those that don't believe in moves of God, those that are trying to cancel us, those that, that think that... that that the Bible's got holes in it. Those that don't believe it's that, 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 that you can live a pure life in those that come at us. It's not those in the media that are pervasive and, and preaching their in, in ungodly moral code that they've come up with. No, no, no. The greatest battle in the body of Christ and the church that will be dissolved in the coming days. And I'm telling you what I wrote down, what he spoke to me. The church that will disappear in the coming years will be due to the lack of backbone power and authority. They will come running in from the back roads to the highways to places that still know how to rebuke the devourer, still know how to lay hands on people, still know how to have an altar experience like we've seen in this house. And you've got to understand people are walking away because this is the hour of not got it together, ready for more. Don't shut the doors. I came in hungry, left full uh, when I walked out of church. And God is saying, will you reach out? But I've learned something during this season. Submitting to God requires you to actually, actually trust and not lean. I'm building. But play that play. They get, they get sleepy. Just do it again. That's what I hear in the spirit. 
can't go back. I can't go back. I can't go back. I realized when this pandemic hit that I had allowed myself on some occasions to become an actor on stage. I realized during the, I'm, I'm talking about me. I realized during this pandemic that I had allowed ministry to become a, minister, a business in parts of my life. And God began to shift me after the first three weeks. He said, are you ready to have an encounter with me now? Are you ready to get real? Are you ready to learn how to crawl again on the floor like you used to? Are you learning? Are you ready to weep again? And I said, Lord, I just want more. And what happened was he pulled stuff out of me and did a quorum deo I went from the head to the heart to the feet it was a shifting moment when God said I'm going to give you the fullness back and that's what I'm preaching about tonight so you have to understand write this down don't ask me for that God's will is always in direct contrast to the way of man it's it's weird. It's he'll ask you for things and you're like, you don't really mean it. It's the battle since the garden. But you have to understand it's first John two verse 17. The world and its desires are in the process of passing away. But those who love to do the will of God live forever. Listen, God has the way of doing things. He'll say stuff that you don't even think he notices. Like, hey, he'll ask you for things that you don't even realize. He don't, you don't think he knows. He'll say stuff like, drop your nets. That's what he said in Matthew 14, 4 verse 19. Drop what used to provide. He does stuff like that. He'll, he'll ask you for things and you're like, you don't really want me to do... Don't ask me for that. But as you go to another level, it's not God not being a good father. Because remember, he's the head of the table. And he talks to you and he looks at you. And you're a part of the inheritance when you're a believer. But it's because he knows there's something better on the other side of the obedience. And he'll, he'll say things. He'll ask you. He'll ask you what you thought that would sustain you. The widow woman. Remember over in 1 Kings 17 when all of a sudden the Bible says uh, the prophet walks up. And he, there's a woman and her son. Hey, what you doing? Oh, I'm making a meal for me and my son we're about to die this is our last meal hey don't do that make it for me have you lost your ever loving mind because God saw on the other side that he would then provide out of that he'll ask you given it shall be given good measure poured into your breast pocket but I, I, God, don't ask me. It's the rich young ruler. We, we know that, right? right? He'll even try to pull out of you what you believed you had in order to be successful. So it's not that the rich run, young ruler couldn't be rich because lack doesn't follow revival. It's that it had become his idol. It was his Buddha. It was put some tea, rub a belly, and, and a cracker there at night. It owned him. And so Jesus said, it's easier for a camel cigarette. And if you're like, they're not with me. But he asks you because he sees the future. And the Bible goes on to say, he'll, he'll, he'll even ask you to change your way of thinking. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. You're buying into the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? You wash it with the word. People walk up to me and they go, I need a word, brother. Okay, B-I-B-L-E. There you go. Let's start there. How about that? By the renewing, the washing, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Don't ask me for that. I've come to tell you over the next three nights, don't ask me for that. Don't ask me not to put my kid's sports schedule away for a while, for a couple days. Don't ask me to come in and be a part of this thing because I've learned how to do church looking at my TV. In fact, I watched 27 churches last week. I tied to all of them, $1.50 each. I know, I'm leaving tomorrow. This is what the Lord told me to tell you. Don't go back. Don't go back. Write that. Don't go back. And in Luke 17, verse 30, it says, it will be just like this on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possession inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for them. Remember Lot's wife. He went from talking to screaming. Sounds like my mama. 
I mean, the engine just like, uh, I told you to clean that room. I told you. But I told you. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life will preserve it. That is a dichotomy of this world because it's all about us. It's all about the mirror. It's a not looking out the window of a harvest. The church has become all about us. Let's do us. Let's do us. And the world is going, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And God is saying, I'm looking for somebody. And Jesus is using Sodom and Gomorrah as an example. And the illustration he uses, because he's so cool, he used illustrations. He was always using cool illustrations, like the time he used the four rednecks to bust a hole in the roof. <laughs> Billy, Biscuit, Bobby, and Bononia. They're like lowering it, and Jesus is like, I was waiting on you to get here. I needed Jesus knew how to tell a story. And he tells a story all of a sudden of a man who he tells, go to the roof, but the man left some stuff down in the house. Now, most of us are like, my house is a mess. Don't ask me to go up there. And the Bible says, on that day, no one who is on his housetop with possessions inside should go down to get them. Play that for me real quick. So he has to make an immediate decision. Am I going to leave everything behind? You're asking me to leave every, you're asking, but wait a minute, I'm still having a little bit of a love affair with the world. Don't ask me to do that. Don't, I, I still kind of have my, my church friends and my world friends. I, I kind of, I, you're asking me to do, wait, I haven't apologized enough. I still got, I got to run down there and get daddy's ashes because we still mad at each other and he's in a jar on the fireplace. I, I got to go get some pictures and Jesus says, don't go back. You're going to miss it. I'm talking to those of us in this room that have a two-week cycle of Christianity. Is he, you think you can negate the cross and the power of grace and him becoming me on the cross, Romans the 8th chapter, so that I can become him in the world because we keep going back. And he sent me, I brought my caution tape because we ain't going back. Play that for me because I'm almost done right here. There's a moment where Jesus says, I'm going to come. And he said, you have to understand. You have to leave your stuff behind. You can't go back because it even tells us in Revelation 22, behold, I come quickly. Church, I'm warning you. I'm telling you the next season that's going to hit our nation it will be a dividing line between the righteous and the unrighteous and the unrighteous are way louder than us and we're going to look like we don't know who we are you better dive into that word you better speak authority over your family you better pray in the holy ghost over them you better tell your kids who they are christ in me the hope of glory i am a mobile upper room when i walk into places demons should run i don't bow give him a praise And some of us just don't know how to let go yet. And I'm getting ready to close. And God sent me here on this opening night of Awaken to say, you can't go back. Leave it down there. You can't go fix it. You can't go make it right. Put a tombstone on yesterday. Hold a funeral for it if you have to. But you can't go back. You can't keep going back to the same place. You can't keep going back to wandering eyes instead of covenant eyes. You can't keep going looking at the junk and coming in here. And we have to have 30 minutes of worship so you can feel clean. What would happen if the mind of Christ began to dwell in us? What would happen if we devoted ourselves to prayer? Then all of a sudden, we couldn't be pulled back every time something popped on the news that made us angry without knowing the story or even knowing the story. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, the mind of Christ doesn't operate like that. And God is calling believers back to a backbone with skin, knees, and pure hearts and righteous mindset. You say, why are you preaching this? Because I can't go back. And you got to ignore the noise. Play that for me. Don't ignore the noise. This is what I hear in the spirit over the house. Over believers right now. See, there's a story like this. And the reason why I've been having Nick play this. Play it again. Uh, put, put a, a little. Uh, uh, he, he left me. Okay. He's, he quit. Quit church already. <laughs> He's out. Mm -mm. Made fun of my tambourine. And. I should have been a drummer. But there's a story that goes like this, and it's young Mozart was writing one of his concertos, and one night he's writing away, and he gets ready to go to bed, but he stops writing at 
an augmented note. Now see, an augmented note is a note that says we're about to sing. It's a note that says, stand up, the bride's about to walk down the aisle. It's an awakening note. It's a stirring note. But he went to bed and he had ended writing on the augmented, play it for me one more time. It's not a concluding note. It's a next level note. It's a new beginning note. The augmented chord is a statement from the musician that says, I'm through playing the introduction. Let's sing. It's one of those guys. So Mozart came to the conclusion without completing the song. He gets in bed. Play it again for me. Play it a little bit louder. Turn it up for me. He, he gets in bed. Plays it a little bit louder. And, 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 and it keeps playing louder. A little bit louder in his head. And he can't. Have you ever had one of those nights It's just playing something you shouldn't have said? Something you shouldn't have done? I got to go fix this. Instead of laying in peace and trusting him. Play it again. And he's laying in bed. And he's rolling around in his jammies. And all of a sudden something hits him. And he said I, I can't handle this. He gets up. Goes downstairs and finishes writing the concerto because he said, I can't stop at an augmented note. And the problem with some of us in here is every time God gets ready to do something, he's doing this over your family, over, do it again, over your marriage. But we keep going back to sleep. I'll hit it tomorrow. I'll fix it tomorrow. I'll stir my family up tomorrow. And God is saying, you don't have to finish. Just don't go back. Because the Bible says in Philippians, he's faithful and just to finish this thing. Being confident, forgetting what is behind me. Philippians chapter 3. And then the Bible says, and I'll close. See, you've got to come to a point. This is what Holy Spirit sent me to share. Why do you keep going back? By this time, you... Okay. But we're... Okay. You're, you're, okay. Let's start over. But I had all the, God, Malachi says he's writing the scrolls of your life. I, I said to my son many years ago when he was in high school, I said, Nate, don't make God's tear out a page in his journal for you. And he said, dad, I have remembered that my whole life. I don't want him to tear out a page. Now my page was coloring book. Amen. I mean, he's like, oh dear God. And this is it. Remember Lot's wife. You got to leave the stuff behind. Stand with me. Get ready, worship team. Play that for me again, if you would. Just keep doing that. And worship team, Pastor John, y'all, wait for a second. You, you just wait because we're going to go into a song. What in the world is Lottie doing mixed up in the scripture of the last days? Who does she think? She's a no-name woman. She's not a Martha. She's not a Mary. She's not a, a, a Rahab even. She's not notable. Why would Jesus speak of her? Well, I'll tell you why. Because her husband's name was Lot. And Lot was one of those hanger-oner family members. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to be a part of everybody's group, everybody's posse. He doesn't want to lead. So everywhere that Abraham went, he would follow him. He was transient. He had no identity of his own. And she, where he went, she went because what you marry, you catch each other's disease. So while Abraham was chilled out for a while and hanging around Haran, Lot gets him a great place in a town that's not a good town. He lived on the run. She married a follower. So Lot gets a little money, gets a little head. He chooses Sodom. He likes it. Lottie finally got a home. And next thing you know, the angels come and say, you need to get out of here. Now, she didn't want to go. Forget the fact that the men in the city wanted to rape the angels. Forget the fact that her husband was negotiating the rape of their daughters. Have 
we've been in perversion for so long, we don't know righteousness anymore. It just ticks us off when we see righteousness. Don't bother her. I'm comfortable. Pat, don't ask me to leave something behind that has held me for so long. I finally remember he'll mess up your house. Jesus walks in and says, get on the roof. I ain't worried about what's down in that house. He'll flip over tables. We serve a house messing up God. And when you get saved, it's usually bad before it gets good. I just want you to know that. Because we got to cut some things. Keep doing it. There we go. There we go, Nick. Don't get sleepy. Here we go. And the Bible says, if you see, by the way, if you're looking for some sweet little nice Jesus that won't walk in and tell you I've had enough, I'm pulling you out of this thing, I got to cut something off you, you're, you, you don't understand. I'm writing a little book right now called Dirty Jesus, and it's, that sounds like a horrible title, but the whole concept is how many times he got in the dirt for people. He got in the dirt to restore vision. He got in the dirt to carry my cross. He got in the dirt to interrupt the accusers. He's a dirty Jesus. He liked to get dirty. He got skin up for you and I. But he simply says, as he's beginning to pull them out, all of a sudden they said one statement to him they said you were going to pull you out and she is ticked off don't take me from my new house forget the house is about to be exploding with with fire and sulfur and and all the cool stuff that god can do no forget all that she's sitting there arguing with don't make me leave my old life behind because i'm comfortable and i can praise him right here because i look good on sunday but i act like the devil on monday don't ask me to change don't ask me to give up my addiction don't ask me to go back in fact all you got to do is look at genesis right here in verse 19 they said when you leave the house take off running towards the hills and don't look back and she's like wait a minute wait a minute i on lots dragging her and lots but i got stuff back there i gotta fix them I, uh, that's my new that's my i got some new furniture and the bible says that she turns and she freezes and turns into a pillar of salt because it is believed that when the men came to knock on the door to rape the angels this is just a, an, an oral tradition I don't know if it's true or not but it's literally believed they came to borrow salt to see who was in the house you're not getting what I'm saying God sent me to come and tell you it's time for the song to begin and before I can close this service out there's a moment where you say I'm not going back in fact Jesus said if you leave your house unguarded Matthew chapter 12 they'll come in seven times stronger and on this night tonight I have come to tell you that there's a stirring in the spirit for this church. You've seen nothing yet. God's going to break out over the next few days, but it's starting tonight. And God is saying, I'm looking for a people that won't go back. I'm looking for somebody that will end stuff you're in right now that ain't of God. People that are wandering, playing games, talking about, I'll just ask forgiveness later. And each day your heart's getting harder. And he's saying, I want all of you. I got plans for you. I got dreams for you. But you can't remember. Isn't that getting on y'all's nerves? Me too. God's wife. This is the night where God is saying, help, help me with this real quick. Help me with this. Just, just, uh, here, here, I want you to do this. Here. I, I got it. back can't go back because jesus said where you find vultures you'll find where you find dead things you'll find vultures and i don't want you to live amongst the vultures anymore because all they're doing is eating away at who you are 
all they're doing is coming at you and God is saying tonight if you're ready to go deeper in would you grab this pull that that way right there there we go God is saying I'm looking for those that will say I'm not going back any longer this is the awakened night I gotta get free and some of us in just a moment I, I'm telling you I'm telling you I'm telling you it's going off in the spirit quit going back to sleep it's going off in the spirit and all over this house lift your hands right now Holy Spirit's about to move begin to cry out for those that are believers hold on just a second Nick cry out to God kingdom identity is coming to you kingdom identity is coming and he's going to start with a whisper and it's going to end with a shout but he's saying remember Lot's wife I want you to help me I want, I want you to help me I want you to help me I know you're on the prayer team I want you to help me I want you to stand right here because I just felt the Holy Spirit say mm, you keep getting pulled right back into the emotions of yesterday that tried to take you out when you were young and God's saying enough 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 I'm looking for somebody that is desperate in this room I'm looking for somebody that will break the line I'm looking for somebody but I want to warn you if you walk up here tonight I want to caution you don't look back or you're going to go back to the things you used to be you're just going to end up as a pillar of yesterday a pillar of what you could have been and God is saying I'm going to heal minds tonight i'm going to heal hearts tonight i'm going to heal bodies tonight i'm going to restore things in this room and for, starting right here the caution tape is set up because if you come through this there ain't no going back there ain't no going back i caution you don't come through here because up here is a bunch of dead bodies those that have died to the world and you will not be eaten by vultures no 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 you're going to another level and jesus said are you willing to leave everything behind if you are. That's what it took. That's waiting on you right there. That's what it took. I know I got to give an altar experience and an altar call, but I don't know if y'all there yet. Some of y'all still in love with yesterday. You still in love. I mean, you, so you go to Applebee's and hear an 80s song and all you can think about is what you did back then. And God is saying is enough is enough. God is saying no more. God is saying I'm looking for a church. Well, look at y'all. You know, you get arrested for that. You're going to get arrested breaking through this line. Now, I'm just going to tell you, he's going to arrest you. Don't, I'm looking for somebody. Look at y'all trying to break through the line. Don't come up here through this line. Don't come up here acting like God's got a, like he's got a plan for you. Don't, don't walk up here acting like he's got something for you. Because if you come through, you can't go back. Now, I'm telling you, don't cross the line. This is a crime scene. Don't go back. Don't cross the line. You can't cross the line. There's an augmented note playing. There's an augmented note. And God is about to start the song of the redeemed. Don't you go back. Oh, my word. Y'all busting all through my crime scene. You're messing it all up. You're going to get fingerprints on everything. go back I hear the sound of music starting can't go back there's a song beginning in here I won't go back can't go back to the way Come on, bust through, bust through, bust through. Just tear that line. Just tear it. Just tear it. Tear the line for me. Tear the line. Tear the line. Tear the line. Come up out of this place. Come on. Come on. Tear the line. Tear the line. Tear the line. Tear the line. We about to make it one giant crime scene where we died to yesterday. I'm not gonna live up there. I'm getting on the roof. I can't go back to my house. I can't back go back to the old photo albums. I can't go back to that relationship. I can't go back. God is telling me to wake up. He's saying, wake up. Remember Lot's wife. Don't ask me for that. You can have it. Leave the lights up.
in this room you're about to be seated in heavenly places next to the father's eyes kingdom identity revealed from the front to the back shut your eyes we expanded the crime scene it's bigger than we thought There's a lot more offenders in this room and God is saying enough I want all of you tonight is a night of salvation tonight is a night of freedom it's the song of the redeemed from the balcony to the floor to the front to the sides to watching online with your eyes shut real soft for me just for a second if you're okay with that I feel like the Lord wants somebody let us just to begin to weep not 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 vulgarly not look at me just allow the spirit to rush through you right now and begin to wash there's a flooding the flood is coming what I heard in the spirit and I, I he's flooding through you and and the day is coming when it's going to be the Bible says it'll be like Noah's ark but God is saying right now I'm washing I'm sending a river of Isaiah 43 18 forget the former things do you not perceive I'm doing something new see it springs up the Bible says and right now in Jesus name with hands raised from every corner online in this room he's about to start springing up even people in ministry that your passion your burden had gotten dull I've been there the knife got dull I understand that and right now God is beginning to put a fire in you for the lost so right now all over this room I want you to just let before we go any further just let it rise up out of his belly shall flow rivers Rivers, 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 balcony, top area up there. I see you up there with your hands raised. I'm so proud of you. Raise your hands, raise your hands. God's about to move. Don't ask me for that. Don't ask me for that. But God, I know what I've been promised. Don't don't ask me to let that go so it can come back alive. It's got to fall to the ground so that it can come alive. And God's saying, I, I must I must not be held in contempt of my office. I must not be held in contempt of my office. I must not. Right now, all over this room, all over this room, all over this room. And I want to sleep tonight. I love my sleep. And this is a night where God is saying, I want all of you abandonment of the world, abandonment. Some of you, it's so weird. You know what's happening? I just, God is tearing stuff off your eyes. God is removing cobwebs off your brain. What do you mean by that? That sounds offensive. I don't mean it that way. It's because you've had bad thinking, bad thinking about you and the world and all that. And God's saying, come on, what can wash away my sins? And all over this house from the top to the bottom, you mighty warriors that are about to rise up. If you say, Pat, I need Jesus Christ to change me, forgive me, and wash me. I want to know that I'm on the roof, not down in the house. I want to know. Don't clap, don't clap, don't clap. God's moving. I know it's a natural thing to want to clap, but we'll get there. But God is saying, do you want more of me than what you've wanted from the world? Let's topsy-turvy. Let's flip it over. Let's put a love for him and a, and a and a hatred for the things of the world he'll literally put a, a, a sickness in your belly when you get close to things that he's called you out of can't go back can't go back i can't go back there i'll die if i go back there he'll put that in you and all over this room if you need jesus to save you change you restore you i don't care if you've been in church for 50 years i'm talking to you and you say i want god to restore me right now i've got to give it all to him raise your hand 
Man, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hands going up from the balcony to the floor. All over this place. Your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Now raise the other hand. Come on, get bold. Get on the cross with me. Hundreds of hands are raised across this place. Pray this out loud with a radical fire. Say, Jesus! You know, the angels just stopped. Say, Jesus, save me. Come on, I want you to have that feeling of what they felt like when the ark door was closing. Literally, like, let me in. I'm scratching. Let me in. Say it again. Jesus, save me. Forgive me. Wash me. Restore me. You are the Christ. I can't go back. Tonight, I lay down my old. I pick up the new, which is you. Holy Spirit, fall upon me. Bring healing in my mind, my heart, my body. You are the Christ. I want to know your head, your heart, and your feet. Jesus. Here I am. Here I am. Begin to breathe in. He's about to breathe upon you like he did the disciples in John 20. And then he's going to allow you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost out loud. Because God is beginning to move. He's beginning to move across this room. Come on, begin to play for me. Nick, if you would, just for a moment. Because we ain't at the augmented note anymore. I've walked away. Somebody say, I'm done. No, 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 no. You got to say it better. Say, I'm done. I'm leaving it. I'm done. With the things that are not of God. I'm going to see restoration. New season. Jesus. I'm on the roof. Begin to pray in the spirit. Cry out to God right now, man. He is, he's literally going to change your tongue. He's going to change your spirit, man. Now with your eyes shut, keep praying. With your eyes shut, I want you to ask God, what are you asking me to give up right now? Now, he'll never do something contrary to his word. He won't say, leave your family. That's not God. But he'll say, restore. God is a God of restoration. He is not a God of division. Can't go back. Can't go back. Somebody say this out loud. I forgive him. Someone say it. You know who you are. Say, I forgive him. Say, I forgive him. See, you only love Jesus as much as you love your worst enemy. Say, I forgive him. Can't go back down there. Now let's sing that together. I won't go back. Can't go back. Make this your anthem. the way it used to be. For your presence came and changed me. Oh, I can't go back. Lift your hands if you need healing. God's going to begin to heal you on the inside. Because the Bible says when you let go of things, you can see you at the altar. supposed to rescue whose augmented note are you who is the one in this room that can go and reach that one that no one even talks to anymore because you're like they too far gone what if you're God's augmented note this is come on come on let's go to the roof leave all that 
eyes shut say God overwhelm me with a burden crush me the word burden means to be crushed by the way with a burden for my friends and my family let me feel what the lost feel right now see the Bible says we fellowship in his sufferings the Bible says we're crucified with him his Bible says bear one another's burdens." so say it again let me feel what the lost are feeling be their fullness of Christ be their quorum deo be the one that goes to their head grabs their heart and puts their shoes back on them and leads them down be the one that goes after the loss for tomorrow night Monday night Tuesday night Wednesday night this is the season I'm telling you they're not the same person they were before the pandemic the same sun that hardens the clay can soften it and you need to know there's been a softening in the hearts of those in this world but the church must open their mouths because you know why it's not about us anymore because we can't go back somebody say I can't go back somebody say I can't go back somebody say I can't go back somebody say it out loud I can't go back